Hey guys, welcome to All Booked Up Spoilers Ahead, and I'm your host, Kiera. Um, tis the season for a good read, and have I got just the book for you to get you in the holiday spirit. Um, so for my book club book, my Facebook book club book, someone suggested that we read a holiday book, and with it being December, I thought that that was a great idea. And so we picked a book called The Plight Before Christmas by Kate Stewart. So I'd love to talk about that with you guys today because I thoroughly enjoyed this book. But before we get into it, I'd just like to say if you do not want to hear spoilers of the books that I'm talking about, but you would like to see my rates on them or my reviews on them in a less detailed manner you can go to my book instagram kiera's all booked up and there i'll share what i'm reading and again my rates and some reviews that aren't so spoiler filled Um, and then once you read the book you can always come back and listen to me rant on and on about it in further detail so let's jump right into this book. Um, this book, you guys, was a little bit of everything. Swoony, spicy. It was just a perfect combination of everything. Funny. Like I laughed during this book, and I don't think that I laugh when I read a lot of books, but this one definitely were some laugh out loud moments. So we're gonna I'm gonna go ahead and get into this book synopsis it's a long synopsis so kind of just bear with me as I try to fumble through it without fumbling so here goes Clark Griswold was on to something at least with his annual holiday meltdown and since the last three weeks of my life have been riddled with humbug another breakup a broken toe an office promotion I deserved and didn't get I'm not at all in the mood to celebrate nor have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas ever. When Mom insisted that we all gather at my grandparents' ancient cabin for an old-school family Christmas, I fully intended to get into the holiday spirit with the help of the three wise men, Johnny Walker, Jack Daniels, and Jim Beam. But those boys did absolutely nothing to offset the shock or temper the sting of seeing my ex on our doorstep the first day of our holiday soiree. Apparently, Santa missed the memo, and this elf is pissed. Stuck for a week with the man who obliterated my heart nearly two decades ago, I did the only thing I could do and put on my game face, thankful for the home advantage. I knew better than to drink the last cup of eggnog. I knew better than to get tongue-tangled beneath the mistletoe with the only man to ever break my heart. I knew better than to sleep with Santa's wingman on the eve of the Lord's birthday. I could blame the nog. I could blame the deceitful light blue eyes, thick angelic hair, and panty-evaporating smirk. But mostly, I blame Eli because he always knew exactly which of my buttons to push. I foolishly thought a family Christmas filled with nostalgia was going to turn my inner Scrooge around. But this year's festivities went up into flames. Leave it to the ghost of my Christmas past to be the one to light the match. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-F-M-L. My oh my, what a synopsis. So, let's start off by saying you should not judge a book by its cover. 
um, if you look at this cover, it's not that it's a bad cover. It's not that it's an ugly cover. It's just a cover that looks like Christmas threw up all over it. So it kind of makes the book seem like it's going to be cheesy. But it wasn't. It was not, in my opinion, it wasn't cheesy. So just remember when you're looking for books, don't judge a book by its cover. That's just a fun little tidbit to remember. Um, God, I loved this book. I, I loved everything about this book. The pacing of the book was perfect. Nothing, nobody's storyline felt too short or too drawn out. There was not a scene that I felt could have ended quicker than it did or could have been longer than it was. I felt like the author really knew what she was doing when she wrote the scenes in the book. So, again, perfect pacing. Um, I really appreciated it. The author knows how to draw you into a book because the first sentence is just like the last sentence in the synopsis where it's like, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la F-M-L. But she actually uses the word in the book. Um, so right from that first sentence, I was ready to figure out what was happening in this book. What was making this character say this thing? And man, oh man, did she have reasons to say FML. So we can start off with the main character. That's Whitney. And she, first off, every character in this book was very relatable. And I really liked that the characters were very relatable because I like being able to see myself in characters sometimes. So if I'm reading something and it's just some crazy story that I couldn't even imagine myself in those shoes, I kind of lose interest in the story that's being told. But every one of these characters in this book, I could see myself having the same issues that they were all having. And I feel like if you were to read the book too, you could probably see yourself in the shoes of some of the characters in this book. So another kudos to the author for making her characters so relatable. Uh, I don't find that a lot of authors do that, and that's something that I greatly appreciate. So back to Whitney, who is the main character. Whitney's just having crap luck lately. It For like the past month, she's having such crap luck. She broke her toe. She didn't get a promotion at work that she rightfully should have gotten, and she just ended a relationship. Um, so... She just can't seem to catch a break. And I know that that's relatable for a lot of us. When it rains, it pours. And it's just one thing after another after another. They they say that it comes in threes. When something bad happens, they say that it comes in threes. And I can definitely relate to that. I don't know if you can. Personally, I can. So I related to Whitney in that way with one thing bad happened. And then it's like a domino effect of every other thing. So... She doesn't get the promotion, and now it's holiday break from work, and she has to go to her grandparents' cabin to spend a week with her family for Christmas time. Um, her grandparents are no longer alive, so her parents are hosting 
the family for Christmas this year. And although Whitney doesn't want to go, she still ends up going. And man, oh man, did her luck not change. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's talk about some of the characters that we meet when she gets there. So, Whitney is, if I remember correctly, she's the youngest out of three. Um, And so we meet her sister, Serena. And Serena's married to Thatcher, and they have two kids. And right from the jump, they're relatable. They are having marital problems. And that is relatable to a lot of people. Uh, Especially people who have children. And who, if you're married and then you have children, then you kind of are in this limbo of, we're not in the honeymoon phase anymore and we're trying to figure out how to balance being married and how to balance being parents. And it just seems like that's kind of where Serena and Thatcher are, where they're feeling, in the book, it says that they're feeling like they're roommates. And Serena doesn't feel like she's seen in her marriage and she feels like a part of her is gone because being a parent can actually make you feel that way. I wrote down a quote from something that she said in the book because it really resonated with me. I don't annotate my books, but when I read this quote, I actually highlighted it um, because I definitely related to it, especially right now. Um, Yeah, so here's the quote. She says, I miss me. I miss the me I used to be before. I miss being an individual. So relatable. I absolutely love being a mom. I absolutely love being a wife. But sometimes I feel like I just need to be me. I just need to be Kiera. I just need to take a step back from caring for other people and focus on what I need. And I feel like that's what Serena was trying to say in this book is that She needed some time to just be who she was before she got all these extra titles. And I find that to be 100% relatable. If you don't, that's cool. Everyone's different. But I personally feel that to be relatable. So that really, that one really got to me. I actually teared up a little bit when I read that line. Um, So that's Serena and Thatcher. Um, Then we have Whitney's brother, Brendan and his wife Erin who are also having some problems and again super relatable Uh, Brendan seems to be more focused on his job than he is of his wife and he seems to be a little selfish he moved them from Nashville to another state I cannot remember off the top of my head top of my head what state they moved to but It took Erin away from her family and her friends and her church and just everything that she knew. And they just uprooted to a new state and she had to start a completely different life while raising their two kids. And I've never moved out of state before, but I couldn't imagine not being near family um, to help me with my children. Uh, I'm thankful that I do live 
15 minutes from my mom, my grandma, my in-laws, because if I didn't, I'd probably go crazy with not knowing anyone and not having any help. So again, that's something that is relatable. And I appreciate the the author of the book making these characters real people with real people problems. I also appreciate the fact that these problems were addressed while they were on their Christmas vacation. Because a lot of people like to, they like to pretend that problems don't exist just because it's a holiday. Like, people are like, oh, it's Christmas, we really shouldn't talk about this, or oh, we really shouldn't get into this because X, Y, and Z. But it's just like, yeah, it's Christmas, but Christmas is just a day. And people still have those real-life problems, those real-life problems that just aren't going to go away just because we're celebrating a holiday. So why, why even pretend that they don't exist? And I appreciate that the author didn't pretend that they didn't exist and that everything was hashed out during that week of vacation for this family. Um, so we also meet Ruby and Alan, who are Whitney, Serena, and Brendan's mom and dad. They are a hoot and a half, and I absolutely loved Alan and his need to try to be technologically savvy but not being technologically savvy it made me laugh so much also sometimes alexa does suck so it maybe just was the technology and not alan but you know also could have just been alan it's fine though it was still funny um so i liked them they also had some problems that we are told about problems from the past but it is brought up um and I liked that because it shows that even older couples or couples who have been married for 50 60 plus years still have the hurdles to jump in their marriage and that's okay if you're having a problem in your marriage don't think that you should just give up because everybody has problems it if if you don't have problems then good for you. Honestly, good for you. But if you do have some problems in your relationship, in your marriage, just in general, that's also okay. There, And you should not feel ashamed about that. And I liked that about this story is that every one of these characters was going through something and it was addressed. And in the end, all the problems were figured out. With Serena and Thatcher... They were able to communicate with each other, which is what they were missing was communication, and that's why they were feeling the way that they did. Aaron was able to communicate with Brendan about not liking moving away from her family, and in the end, Brendan said that they were going to move back to Nashville. Um, So communication was a big part of a lot of this. So I, I like that. That was put into this story. So, let's just talk about the ex that happened to show up at Christmas. Eli. Eli and Whitney dated about two decades ago. I think it was 17 years ago, exactly. And Eli is at Christmas for the week. Eli happens to work with Whitney's brother, Brendan. 
And at first we think, maybe he didn't know that Whitney was going to be there or that they were even related. But we later find out that he definitely knew that Whitney and Brendan were related. And he definitely wanted to be invited to this Christmas because he felt that he needed to apologize to Whitney for breaking her heart 17 years ago. Because believe it or not, they are both still incredibly in love with each other after 17 years of not speaking or not seeing each other or anything. Apparently they both, he's, he looked her up on social media and she looked him up on his LinkedIn. But as far as communicating, they never communicated with each other. But they somehow still loved each other. It seems to be the reason why Whitney could never be in a stable relationship after dating Eli is because she was still so hung up on him and same goes for her same goes for him he was never able to get in a serious relationship either after Whitney because he was still hung up on Whitney and he had some problems that he needed to figure out within himself so I really appreciated the flashbacks that we were given of Whitney and Eli when they were in college um I like seeing their I like seeing the dynamic of their relationship from when they were teenagers and young adults. I liked comparing them from then to like the present day. I found it interesting. I liked I liked that Eli still referred to Whitney as B, which is what he called her 17 years ago when they dated. He calls her that because when they meet they meet and they're at a Halloween party and Whitney is in the bathroom helping her friend get sick and she's wearing a bee costume and so he just nicknames her, nicknames her Bee, which is super adorable and when he keeps calling her that in the book I literally just giggle because I was like oh my god he's still calling her this I need them to be together again but also Whitney still has the hoodie or the sweatshirt that Eli gave her that very same night when they met 17 years later and she brought it to Christmas vacation in her suitcase so obviously she's been wearing it before which probably means that she was probably thinking about him at some point in time after their breakup and again super cute and again need them to be together because everything about them is super cute um this was a slow burn and it was a slow burn in a good way (coughs) sorry guys um Eli hurt Whitney all those years ago and he's back and he wants her to hear him out and to forgive him but I love that she's not she doesn't forgive him so easily. At first, she doesn't even want to talk to him. She doesn't want to hear anything that he has to say. And I appreciate that because I feel like sometimes in books and in movies, the person forgives far too quickly. It's like you need to sit here and think about what you're actually apologizing to me for. Granted, he's had 17 years to think about the things that he wants to say to her and the things that he's done to her. But still, I think that it was good that the author made her, made Whitney 
like stand up for herself in a way and it's just like nope you're not gonna get back in that easily i liked that about the book um so this we reading this we learned that i learned that eli was super guarded in their relationship which was a, a huge problem for whitney um, because he never talked about, actually, let's back up. Let's back up. We learned that he's super guarded, and that could have something to do with the fact that both of his parents died when he was young. Um, so he's probably guarded because he's still grieving over his parents, which is 100% understandable. But he never wanted to meet Whitney's family when they dated. He never talked about a future with them. He just never seemed to want to be committed or in a relationship. Uh, all the while, Whitney was just falling in love with him. Um, and so, as the story goes on, you know, they have these arguments about their past while they're at the Christmas cabin for the week. And we learned more and more things about what happened in their past relationship. It's all building up to Eli wanting to explain to Whitney why the relationship was the way that it was. And apologize for why the relationship was the way that it was. So the first confession that we get is even though he was called Casanova in college uh Eli had never been with anyone else in college besides Whitney so Whitney was his first and his last intimate relationship in college and so that was a shocker because in the book they it's made to seem like he was this big time player in college and he even does tell Whitney that None of that stuff that you hear is true, but obviously we're thinking that it is true. So when he confesses that to her, she was 100% shocked, and I'm not going to lie, so was I. But I thought that that was such a, that was such a, I don't know. It was nice of him, it was nice of, to see him be vul vulnerable and share that with her. So that was confession number one. The next confession literally did not see it coming i didn't see the first one coming either but this one i was mind blown and i appreciate the fact that none of this story was predictable because if i could have guessed why eli was such a jerk to whitney all those years ago it wouldn't be the reason why he actually was a jerk to her um so here it goes it turns out that when eli was i think it was 11 he was diagnosed with leukemia and he was in and out of the hospitals a lot. And he actually, he basically lived at the hospital at one point. He didn't have any friends. And he talked to the moon a lot. I thought that that was a... I don't know. I, I thought that that was interesting that the author made that. The friendship was him and the moon. And that he talks to the moon. I thought that was pretty beautiful in a way. Um, So we learned that... 
he was in and out of the hospital a lot and with him being sick it kind of drove his parents apart and it led his mom to drinking and when she would drink she was a mean drunk which kind of comes into play because when Eli would drink in college he was also a mean drunk which is why he stopped drinking and he didn't drink again until this Christmas vacation um but he wasn't mean during the Christmas vacation um so his mom was a mean drunk and so it really put a put a strain in the relationship between Eli's mom and dad. And on the day of a doctor's appointment that Eli was going to to see if the treatment had been working, um, his dad gets a phone call that he needs to come pick up the mom. Because I guess, I, I can't really remember if she was at a bar and had been drinking or oh, I can't remember that part very well. I literally just finished this book yesterday and I can't remember, but it's okay. Um, but the dad had to go pick up the mom and so he left Eli at the doctor's office to go pick up the mom and it's then that they get into, it's assumed that they get into an argument while they're driving back to go to the doctor with Eli and then get into the car accident and that's when they die. So in a way, it seems like Eli kind of feels guilty for he not guilty he kind of feels like it's his fault that his parents died because if he hadn't have been sick then his mom wouldn't have turned to drinking and his parents wouldn't have started arguing and you know then they wouldn't have even been at the doctor and like the car accident would have never happened and this 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 and this so in a way he felt like that was all his fault so i i think that when he was in the relationship with Whitney when they were in college you know the grief with the oh at that doctor's appointment actually Eli does find out that he's in remission and he just doesn't believe that he's actually better he thinks that the cancer will come back so I think that that's another thing is he's like what's the point of having all these commitments and doing all these things if I'm just going to get sick again and die. Um, so I think that that's basically what he was trying to say to Whitney is, you know, I was so guarded because of all of these things, but I realize now that that was crazy and that it hurt you. And he wanted to apologize to her. Um, and so he did. And I, that was the last night of the or the second to last night and their week of being together for Christmas and um they ended up getting back together which I thought was amazing I was waiting for that that part was a little predictable because again it's kind of like a Hallmark movie where they get together at the end but I thought that the way that the story was tied up was so beautiful it's like everybody had all their own problems going on and they were all able to figure it out in the end by just talking and communicating with each other. I feel like that was a big, that was a big, um, God, what, I don't even know the word that I'm looking for. I, I feel like communication 
was like the moral of this story maybe is that like you should communicate with one another and then you can probably get to the root of everything by just talking. I felt that's personally how I see this story. I don't know if that even makes sense, but thanks for listening to me babble about it. Um, so this book for me was a five out of five. Um, I don't, it, it made me laugh. It made me cry. Um, it was just all in all so good. I loved the family dynamic of it. I feel like the author definitely portrayed a family so well. Um, they were funny. They were dysfunctional. They were playful. They, they had playful banter. Um, and they were just so loving of one another. One thing I really, I really liked is how the in-laws, the sisters, because Serena and Whitney are blood sisters, but Aaron is their sister-in-law. But I liked how they all just referred to each other as sis. I thought that that was beautiful because... When you get married, um, all you could want is to marry into a family that makes you feel so loved. And, like, you you feel like that really is your sister, blood or not. Like, they're your family and you can come to them whenever you need to. And I feel like that was the relationship that was portrayed for all of the in-laws in this story. Um... Losing my train of thought. So sorry. Bear with me. Um, so, this book, I will say, on the level of spicy, was a 1,000 out of 10. It was super spicy. And if you know what that means, then you know what that means. And if you don't, then you will once you read this book. Um, because I definitely did not know that it was spicy. I mean, spicy language, like real spicy language, spicy scenes. And I honestly cannot believe that I had my mother-in-law read this book. She joined my Facebook book club and she joined it when we were just starting this book and... I told her that this was the book that we were going to pick. And I literally just assumed that it was just this cute, like literally this cute Hallmark movie-like book. But this was Hallmark rated R. And um, mother-in-law, if you're listening, I'm so sorry that I made you read this. But hopefully you enjoyed it. And if not, then don't worry. Next month it's going to be a fantasy book and hopefully there's no spicy scenes. Um, But... If you love spicy language and spice spicy language and spicy scenes, then this book is definitely for you. Um, this book had love and family and warmth. It was about healing and forgiveness, and I feel like there were so many lessons in it. It was super funny. Oh, I laughed so much at a lot of parts. I cried some. And again, I just feel like there were so many lessons in the story. I will say that the second half of chapter 40 
was hysterical when he tries to get her, when he tries to spray pledge to get rid of the smell of sex and then tells her to pretend to dust was probably my favorite scene in the entire book. And once you read it, and if you've already read it, please just leave me a comment and let me know how you felt about that scene or if I was just crazy to think that it was super duper funny. Um, but anyway, I hope that you enjoyed this spoiler-filled spoiler, spoiler review of The Plight Before Christmas. Um, if you haven't read it, go read it. If you hate it, I'm so sorry. If you love it, that's cool too. But, you know, why not? Why not try a new book? Why not see if you enjoy it? Thanks again for joining me. And this is All Booked Up, spoilers ahead, and I'm Kiera. See you soon.